Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning. Hey, we're so excited you're here as we are starting a brand new series entitled Quit Church. And again, as you come in, you're probably thinking like, this is crazy. Why are they telling me to quit church? This is, uh, this is not what I expected to walk into. For some of you, maybe you were actually uh, scrolling Facebook and you're like, yes, that church says quit church, so I'm going to go there, and then I'm actually going to live out what they say, and it's the one Sunday I get to go, right? So obviously, this is a little bit of a play on words when we're talking about quit church. We're actually going to be talking for the, the next six weeks of how we can really change our mindset and how we can quit the mindset of the culture that we typically have when it comes to approaching church and really change it into a biblical perspective. So really what we're doing is we're, uh, we're gonna, our challenge for this whole series is this, is to quit doing church the way culture says to do it and start becoming church the way Scripture displays for us. And again, as you saw, this series is, a, is really based on a book from a coach and a, and a friend of mine named Chris Songson. He's a pastor of a church in uh, Southern California called South Hills. And I would challenge you, this could be a little different, but I would challenge you to do a little bit of homework during this series. So I would challenge you maybe to go actually get this book and you can follow along to kind of reiterate what we're learning, to kind of emphasize what we're learning each and every Sunday. And again, you can get this book anywhere books are sold, uh, Amazon, any of those different places, Christian Book Distributors, any of those different places online, you can get this book called Quit Church. And I would challenge you to actually go do that. That way it uh, really can even put a little bit more impact on what we're learning through this series. But to start off, let's just do a little bit of a connection point here. How many of you guys have ever quit something before in your life, right? All right, we've got most people. Most people have probably quit something. Now I'm going to name some things you're probably like, yeah, I did quit stuff, right? I mean, many of us, we, uh, there's probably many of us that we quit a job to take another job somewhere else. Many of us maybe went to school before and then uh, we quit a class or two while we're going through school. Maybe for some of us, we actually quit school altogether. Uh, we quit college altogether and said, I'm done with this. This wasn't for me. For many of us now, it's, uh, it's actually August. So for many of us, maybe we got really good intentions at the beginning of the year and we bought one of those things called a gym membership. And now it's August and you're like, it's time to quit that. And really, we justify that saying, you know what, instead of really emphasizing on my my physical life, I'm focusing on my financial life now. So I need to quit this, right? I think many of us, we've quit different things throughout life. And really, I think quitting is something that's, that's easy and can, sometimes can come natural to us, right? Especially in this culture. Quitting is done really frequently. The truth is we've all quit something at some time or another. So I just want to share a quick story about where I quit in college. And I went to school up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And while I was up there, I, was, I went to North Central University, and it's like right downtown Minneapolis. So while I was up there, I, I did some odds and end things to really uh, kind of to make ends meet. So uh, I was really spending money. So I did some different things. And one of the things I did was I actually uh, was one of those guys that hawked credit cards. So where I lived was downtown, so it was within walking distance to all the sporting events. So all the, uh, the, the domes and all the arenas that were there. So what I did is I was one of those guys that was on the side of the street and even within the actual uh, arena as well that would uh, yell and try to get you to come over to sign up for a free t-shirt, right? So I would yell, hey, get your free t-shirt here. And I like did with an accent like that too, just as it really drew people in. And I have a pretty loud voice. I really don't need a microphone, so bringing people in left and right, and it was a great way for me to actually go to the games as well. 
The only problem with it, though, it, it wasn't very consistent. Like, there was different uh, seasons where there was the off-season, so there'd be times where I wasn't necessarily working, and then it was kind of hit or miss if I could do it. Like, it was the, the time frames were always during the game, so sometimes I had classes, so it just wasn't very consistent. So I'm up there, I'm thinking, like, okay, I should probably get, like, a job. So I decided to go get a job. And I went and got a job at uh, this place called Marshall Fields. Now, this Marshall Fields was like the, the, the really like the, the staple Marshall Fields in downtown Minneapolis. It was downtown at the Nicolette Mall. It was where the, the high-end stuff, where all the business people would come in and, and do all this. So I decided, I'm like, yeah, I'll go get a job there. So I went through, went through the interview process. I landed the job. And then when I'm in there for the orientation, they start naming all these things. Like I did all my paperwork, signed the paperwork say, okay, this is going to be some consistent pay. And then they had these crazy things called expectations they started putting on me. Like, they expected me to show up 20 to 25 hours a week, thinking, like, that's pretty crazy. Like, that's like a part-time job or something, right? And you expect me to show up each week at certain times. Like, they wanted me to clock in. They wanted me to clock out. And then they were going to put me on the uh, sales floor for the uh, men's and the, and the dress wear. So I was actually expected to sell certain amounts of suits. I was expected to sell certain amounts of dress shirts, dress pants, and, and ties. And I'm looking at this, I'm thinking like, what? How can you expect somebody to do these things and pay them for them? Like, this is just a crazy way that this is going down. This is like a real job. And I was like kind of panicking and like, I don't know really why, but it was just overwhelming to me at that time. And it was just kind of awkward, it was kind of weird. And I'm thinking like, what? I can't do this. This is overwhelming to me. So I did what any college kid would do. I called home and talked to my mom. So I called her and I'm like explaining to this. I'm like, I don't know why, but this is just overwhelming to me. And then she said something to me that just blew my mind. She goes, Corbin, you know you're not in Minneapolis to work, right? You're in Minneapolis to go to school. You're in Minneapolis to get a degree. You're in Minneapolis to get an education. And at that moment, I was free. So what I did is I walked out of Marshall Fields and said, peace, I'm not coming back. But it was a freeing thing. What was crazy is I ended up taking a job valet parking working 35 hours. So I actually worked more hours. But it was just that mindset that I had to quit and realize why I was there. And really, this is what this series is all about. In this series, we're going to talk about changing our mindset, quitting our mindset, to really get back to the purpose of who we are as a church. Through this series, we're going to talk about quit our attitudes. We're going to talk about quitting our attitudes and our approaches that really hold us down as a church. We're going to talk about quitting the things that hold us back from what God really wants in our lives. Right? We're going to talk about quitting the way we act and the way we think that keep us from moving forward spiritually. Because the truth is, quitting can be a, being a part of successful. Quitting is a part of being successful. Even in our spiritual lives, quitting is a part of moving forward spiritually. In fact, we see this in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, where it talks about how to follow Jesus. There's some things that we have to let go of, and there's some things that we need to quit. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. It's an incredibly free resource that's amazing that gets you reading the Bible every single day. So I challenge you. I challenge you to download that so that you can read your Bible every single day. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Hebrews. And again, Hebrews is a book that's, that's written to the Jewish people that time that were believers of Christ. So this is a book that's written to people who were used to some religious traditions. These are, this is a book that's written to some people who were, were used to some, some rituals that they would go through. They were used to going through some motions and doing some things just out of the pure religion of it. So in this, the, the author tells the, these Hebrews, they tell these people that are used to this to get rid of some things in their life. He says this in verses 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In this passage of Scripture, he's saying that there's some things that we need to let go of. We need to let go of the things that hinder us. We need to let go of that sin that so easily entangles us, right? We need to get rid of those things and get them out of our life, right? There's some, t- there's some attitudes that we have about church. There's some attitudes that we have about religion. There's some traditions that we have that really can hinder us, and we're called to quit those things, right? We're called to end those things in our life. We're called to quit those mindsets. It's called to quit those actions, quit those habits, and remove them from our life, right? We're called to quit. Quit church. Quit doing church the way we've always done it. Start doing it the way the scripture talks about it. Quitting is a part of being successful. And if we don't learn from some things, we need to learn from some of the things that we quit so that we can go further and further and further. And there's some things that we need to change in our lives. So again, today my challenge, and really through this series, my challenge is to quit doing church the way culture says to do it and start becoming church the way scripture displays for us. Specifically, I want to challenge us to to quit expecting church to meet all our needs. Quit expecting the church to be there for us instead of us being there for the church. We need to quit expecting church to meet all our needs. And we say it this way. Quit expecting church to be perfect. We need to quit expecting church to be perfect. And I'll let you in on a little secret. Life Change Church is not the perfect church. Listen, if you're here and you're a first-time guest and you're thinking like, man, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to find the perfect church, or maybe you've been here for a while and like, yeah, I found the perfect church, this is awesome, I'm so plugged in, I love it, this is the perfect church. Let me, let me let's just tell you here, Life Change Church is not the perfect church because the truth is there's no such thing as a perfect church, right? No church is perfect. So what we need to do is we need to quit expecting the church to be perfect. We need to quit looking for the perfect style of church. We need to quit looking for the church with all the perfect programs that are going with everything and rocking, right? We need need to quit looking for the church that that makes the the perfect decisions. We need to quit expecting the church to to place leaders in the perfect placement. We need to quit walking into church and and expecting that everybody's just going to be awesome to us at every single moment we walk in there, right? That everybody's just going to act perfect towards us, right? We need to quit expecting those things. The truth is there's going to be some times where you go to church and there's some people that, that make you mad, right? There's going to be some times where you go to church where I may say something and I may say it terribly and it makes you mad. There may be some times where you walk in and maybe you're serving and the person that you're reporting to is a little bit grumpy and it makes you mad. Or maybe the person that you were supposed to work with didn't show up, so you're, you're, you're caught out right there, so you're a little bit mad, right? There's some times where church isn't perfect and no church is perfect because the truth is churches are full of people. The church isn't just a building. The church isn't just an organization, but it's an organism of people put together. And when you put people together, things get a little messy because people are not perfect. Look to your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. Now look back at him saying, neither are you. Listen, none of us are perfect, right? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And because of that, it gets a little messy. The only perfect person in our church is Jesus only perfect person in our church is Jesus. The rest of us, we're messed up. The rest of us have issues. 
The rest of us have some baggage. We have some struggles, right? And because of that, the church isn't perfect. Because of that, there's some tension. Because of you, because of me, there's some issues that go on within a church. The question is this, though. How do we respond? So I think your true self surfaces when things don't go your way. Think about it. When things don't go your way, that's really when, that's really when who you are is revealed. That's really when the other people around you, that's when they're really revealed as well. Maybe some of you guys fall in the category, I'm going to get a little transparent and say one of my struggles. But I'm kind of a, I like to blame people. So if something goes wrong, I like to blame people. Anybody, anybody a blamer? Anybody a blame gamer? Somebody's got to be. Okay, just me. No, there's a few of us. We got a few of us. I like it. So I'm kind of a blame gamer, so when something's not necessarily going my way, when something's not necessarily going the way I think it should go, I kind of look to something else to see what's going on, what's the reason behind that. An example of this was this past week when we were uh, playing softball for uh, Life Change Church softball. Now I've been bragging on us a little bit. We have lost a couple games, um, so it's a little bit tougher. But this past week we were playing, and uh, let's just say I had a terrible game. Like I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So I'm looking, I'm like, what is going on? Every hit I had was a, was a, was a pop-up. I'm thinking, like, this is terrible. So I look around, like, can't be me, because I'm obviously, like, clearly an athlete. I'm not. So it can't be me. So I think, like, clearly I look, I'm like, wait, my wife's here. My wife hasn't been at the past two games, and I was hitting the past two games. My wife is bad luck at softball. So I told her that. Let's just say that didn't go over well, because she was quick to say, well, you didn't wait for a single pitch. You, you were swinging at everything, and you dropped your shoulder. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I blame my wife, right? I think the truth is, though, I think in church we like to blame others as well. When something doesn't go our way, when something doesn't go the way we think it should go, we look and we try to blame others. But the truth is, in church, we all play a part because we are the church. And again, those imperfections, those imperfections can create tension. So the question is, how do we handle it? How do we respond to that? I think for many of us, we looked for the church to be perfect. We haven't quit this idea of church and quit this idea of expecting the church to be perfect. So what happens is we blame others, or what happens is we get so hurt and we get so mad that we end up and we leave the church and go somewhere else, or we just leave the church in general. And this is what happens. When we leave the church because we're hurt, we end up taking those expectations with us to wherever we go. Kind of reminds me of a joke about this guy that was living on an isolated island. He was all by himself, lived on an island completely by himself, nobody else there. So he was all proud of everything that he did. He built his own house, right? And so he's living on the island by himself, built his own house, and these people actually came in to look at everything that he'd done. He's like, yeah, this is my house. I built it with my, my own two hands. So he's bragging on it, and they're like, yeah, that's really nice. Good job, man. Nice house. And then there's another building over there, and he's like, and this, is, this is my church. This is the church I have. Again, isolated all by himself. This is the church I had. I built it with my own two hands. And they're like, yeah, that's nice. And they're like, but what's that building over there? He's like, oh, that's the church I used to go to, right? Because no church is perfect because we're all people. There's, there's things that happen, there's mistakes. And a lot of times, I think what will happen when we expect the church to be perfect We can get upset and we can leave and we can go to the next place taking that hurt with us. And here's what I know. How we leave one church is how we enter the next. So that hurt that we have, that anger that we have, that bitterness we have, right? All that stuff, we're taking it with us and we're taking it in the next church and we're portraying it and giving it to others. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to quit expecting the church to be perfect. 
I will say this, there's some times where t- maybe it's okay to leave a church as well. So this isn't like some type of call, you're in here and like you're in here for life. No, there's some times where like it's okay to leave a church as well. I remember for, for my wife and I, we went to church in Pickerington for, for eight years and um, we were there for about five years and then we had our daughter, which was like seven years ago, which is crazy to think about. But we had our daughter, and we're thinking, like, okay, we drive from east side of Newark to Pickerington every Sunday, and then a couple times through the week, because we were involved as well, and we're thinking, like, this is getting, this is getting to be a lot. Like, this is a, this is a ton. And then we had our infant daughter, and we're like, man, so we drove a couple times up there, and then we decided, you know what, let's maybe, uh, let's stick back in Newark. So we found a church that was real close by, and it was amazing. The church was great. Everything just was great. The music was great good, the, the preaching was great, the people were nice, it was it'd be easy for us to get involved, we're thinking like, man, we, we could get a little bit more connected since it's closer, so we went for two weeks, and after that second week, we felt God just say, hey, I never told you to leave that church, I never told you to leave Pickerington, so we remained in Pickerington for another three years, right, I think God calls us to church, and there's some times he calls us out, but he calls us out for a purpose, he calls us out to, to go help and to, to do something else when, uh, within another church, right, so really we stayed in Pickerington until God called us to plant Life Change Church. So I think there's times where we can leave church, but it's got to be done the right way, and it's got to be done because God called us to do so. And when that happens, when that happens, what we're taking, we're taking God's blessing to the next place that we go to, right? That's what it's all about. That's kingdom building. That's building the kingdom of God. So my challenge for you is to quit expecting church to be perfect because God loves his church. He loves every single person who attends it. And God wants his church to be healthy. He wants healthy relationships here. He wants us to act and react in a healthy and godly manner. He wants us to have a family that we can be proud of, right, that he can be proud of as well. He wants us to look and and to love each other in a way where people on the outside want to be a part and can look at it, right? That's the kind of family God wants. That's what church, that's what God wants from church. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. It just means that it overcomes its imperfections, right? It means that we all play a part in the church, which means there's some actions that we need to take. So instead of just coming to church, let's be the church. Instead of leaving when something makes us mad, instead of just giving up when we disagree, instead of not attending on a regular basis because we're holding a grudge, let's just quit. Let's quit that expectation of being church as church as being perfect. Let's quit that attitude that church should be perfect, and let's do it a different way. Let's quit expecting church to be perfect. Quit expecting church to, to meet our needs and start meeting the needs of others. Quit expecting church to meet our needs and start meeting the needs of the church. And to do this, what we have to do is we have to live out the words of Jesus. And John 13, 35 says this. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. To overcome that mindset of expecting church to be perfect, what we need is we need to love. Because we're called to love one another. In fact, this is the gospel, right? This is the simplicity of the gospel. It's to love. If you wrap the gospel up into one word, it's simple. It's to love, to love one another. God loved us so much that he gave his son for us to live a perfect life, die on a cross and be risen again to give us new life, all because of love. And he wants us to model that, right? This is the expectation of the church. This is the goal of the church as well, is to model that love. Right, to love people to life change. This is why we exist. This is why we planted this church over just about four years ago, right? This is why we exist. It's to love people into this growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Not to expect them to be perfect, but to love them. To love them, to connect with them, to build a relationship with them. To love them and draw them closer into God so that God can do what only God can do, which is a transformation in lives. 
But it starts with love. We're called to love people in spite of their imperfections. We're called to love one another. People who follow Jesus, other people will know who they are because of their love. Because love endures and love conquers all. Love meets the needs of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, you've probably heard this before, but it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Such a powerful passage of Scripture, right? We've heard this before. We've probably heard it at weddings. We probably looked at it and be, when we were dating somebody or, and thinking like, man, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I want from them, right? We talk, we've probably seen this before. But what's incredible about this passage of Scripture is that it was written to the church. And if you look at it, here's Paul, and he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth. And in chapter 12, if you look at it just before, Paul's writing about unity. He's talking about how there's many different parts and many different roles for the body to come. And he's saying that they all come together and they work in unity as a church. Then if you look at chapter 14, it jumps in and it talks about the order within church. It talks about the order of service and really how everything should be done in certain ways and structures and gives examples of that, right? So here you have verse 12, or chapter 12, then you have chapter 14 that Paul's writing to the church, talking about how the church should act with each other. And in the middle of it, right there in chapter 13, squished in between, it's talking about love. And I think a lot of us, we look at this passage of scripture, we look at this chapter and think, oh, like this is, that's really nice for weddings, right? Well, listen, Paul wasn't writing to the church in Corinth thinking like, okay, I'm going to tell them about the unity in the church. I'm going to tell them about the structure of the church. But you know what? There's probably going to be a lot of weddings in Corinth, so I'm going to write something real nice that they can just put in the middle of weddings. No, Paul wasn't writing about that. He was writing he's telling us this is how we need to respond. This is how we need to treat each other. This is how we need to act. We need to treat each other with love. Instead of blaming each other, we're called to love each other. Instead of expecting each other to be perfect in every way, we're called to love each other. Think about it. Imagine if the church, imagine if people from the outside saw the church as being patient. Imagine if people from the outside saw the church as being kind. Imagine if people from the outside saw the church as not being envious, envious or boastful or proud, right? Imagine if the church, people from the outside saw the church as not dishonoring others, as not self-seeking, as not easily angered. Imagine if people from the outside saw the church as not keeping a record of wrongs. Think about what would happen. Like, I'm talking like revival would happen. Like, I'm talking like people would be coming in drones, in flocks. They would just try to get here as fast as they could because that's what love does. And this is why Paul is writing to the church to act in love. So instead of running to social media when somebody makes you mad, why don't you just address it instead, right? Why don't you act in love? Instead of running to others and sharing things that happen, right? What if you just acted in love and gave grace and gave mercy? Imagine the integrity that that would build within each other and the relationships that we have together. Imagine the example that would set for our kids, for our family, for our friends. Imagine what would happen. Listen, I think a lot of us, to be honest, we get scared of inviting our friends. We get scared of inviting our neighbors, our family, right? We get scared of bringing them because we are afraid that they're going to say no. We're afraid they're going to say no. And they may say no because I think for the, for the most part, I think people view church in a poor way. They view church as, as people who are judgmental. They view church as people who, who keep a record of wrongs. They view church as people who aren't patient. But imagine if we gave love. 
Imagine if love overcame all those imperfections. It would be easy to invite others. It would be easy because they would be knocking at our doors saying, hey, I want to come to church with you. How do I get there? Man, can I get a ride with you, right? Can, I, can my kids come? Can we do this, right? That would, would, would happen. But it starts with us. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with how we respond to these imperfections because we are responsible for our own response. So the question today is, how's you gonna, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to the imperfections of the church? Will you give up? Will you talk about your frustrations with others? Will you go down the road to another church? Or will you quit expecting the church to be perfect? And will you love? I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to love. I want to challenge you to love each other. Love the church. Because love overcomes it all. And here's how we do that. Here's how we move past expecting the church to be perfect. Here's how we move past expecting the church to meet our needs and, and start meeting the needs of others and start meeting needs. And I'll challenge you, if you're taking notes, this is one of those things where you're probably going to want to write these down and go back to. But the first thing we have to do is we have to love by being loyal. Love by being loyal. Love requires loyalty. Right? We're called to be loyal. If you think about a relationship, you think about a marriage, like obviously people are stayed married be because of love. And I think a lot of times you're saying, yeah, oh, I love my spouse. We've been married 20 years because we love each other. But you know what a part of that is? Part of that is because of the loyalty that you have towards each other. And we're called to love the church in that same way. We're called to love by being loyal, loyal to each other, loyal to God, loyal to friends, loyal to family, loyal to the church. And when you look at the subject of loyalty, man, God has a ton to say about it. The concept of loyalty is actually referred to in the Bible over 8,000 times. That's more than heaven and hell combined. So God clearly has a heart for this area in our lives. He clearly has called us to be loyal. And although I think loyalty really runs thin in our culture, it runs thin even in the people around us, it runs thick in the heart of God, and it should run thick in us. So here's how we love with loyalty. We love with loyalty by championing the mission. We love with loyalty by championing the mission, which is, it goes from both supporting, and, which really comes from serving and resourcing the cause. That's what I want to challenge you. You can show your love, you can be loyal by championing the mission, by, by jumping in and being a part of our serve team, right? By, be, by jumping on and, and serving within this church. And there's different opportunities both to serve within and outside the walls as well. And if you're not a part of our serve team, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to jump in. I want to challenge you to love others. I want to challenge you to love by being loyal, by championing the mission. Again, you can jump in our serve team by going to the Connect Desk. At the end of service, there's, there's serve team applications where you can jump in. You can be a part of our tech team, the, the media, the production, everything that you see on the screens. You can be a part of that, right? You can jump on in our kids' life, which is gearing up and doing some amazing stuff. As it's a great time to jump in because they're bringing a new curriculum out. You can be a part of that. Right? You can jump in and be a part of that. You could jump in and be a part of our first impressions. If you want to serve outside the church, there's opportunities for that. Each at the end of every month, we serve at the Flory Park for a community meal. Where last time, last Saturday, there was 18 people from the community that came that we were able to pray with, that we were able to talk to, that we were able to, to share the love of Jesus with, right? You could be a part of that. You can champion that mission by serving. Another way is to, to resource the mission as well. Champion the mission means that we resource, that we give to the mission. And at the end of service, we always take an offering. And let me just tell you, this offering, it goes to getting things done, right? It goes to, to actually turning on the lights in this building. It goes to, to getting a, a curriculum. Right now, again, I'll say this. The Kids Life is starting a new curriculum. It's the orange curriculum. And if you have kids, you probably got a handout. Let me just tell you, this is legit, but it also costs money. 
And it cost money, and we were able to do it because people resourced it, right? Because people championed the mission, and we need to continue to do so. This even has an app that you can follow along. That way you can, you can partner with your kids during different times of the day. That way you can be praying for them, going over the lesson. It's incredible. And it all happens because people are championing the mission. I want to challenge you. Champion the mission. Our goal and our mission is to love people to life change. Our goal is to reach newer Keith and Granville and beyond. And it happens when we love through loyalty by championing the mission. It also happens when we stand strong during difficulty rather than looking for the exit. Listen, every church, every time you get a group of people together, there's going to be difficult times. There's going to be some tension. Listen, as a church, if we're going to love each other, if we're going to love through loyalty, that means we stand strong during the tension instead of just looking for the exit, right? When things don't go our way, when things don't go the way we had planned, when things don't go exactly the way we thought it would, what are we going to do? Are we going to run to the exit or are we going to stand strong? To love through loyalty, we stand strong. I challenge you to do this in the church, but do this in your relationships, right? Do this in your marriages. For those of you that have been married more than two days, you know that it gets hard, right? You know that it, gets, it becomes a struggle. You know that it's, it would be easy just to run to the exit door, right? But I challenge you to stand strong. I challenge you to stand strong even in your workplaces. You know, a lot of times, people in the workplace, they look to us to see who Jesus really is. See, a lot of us, we say, you know, I'm not, called to, I'm not called to the ministry. I'm not called to missions. But the truth is, your ministry and your mission is your workplace. And people are watching. When things don't go your way, do you give up and throw a little temper tantrum and head to the exit door? Or do you stand strong? Do you stand strong and show love? through loyalty. challenge you to stand strong. Next is to choose honor. We love through loyalty by choosing honor, which means we don't speak bad about others. It means that we're careful not to criticize others. It means that we're careful not to judge others as well. Listen, the truth is, if you talk about somebody, if you talk about somebody behind their back, it's going to get to them. So wouldn't it be great if you talked about somebody behind their back and it was good stuff? So when it got to them, they're like, man, they like me, right? They love me. They honor me. Right? That's what loyalty is. Think about how great they would feel. Think about how loved they would feel. So if you're going to talk about somebody behind their back, choose to honor them. Choose to say good things about them. I challenge you to, I challenge you to choose honor. And when it comes to gossip, choosing honor means that we shut gossip down right when we hear it. Right? It means that we don't take a part of it. It means that we don't listen to it. And listen, if you aren't the solution to the problem, or you and this person that's sharing this aren't the solution to the problem, but yet you're talking about it and you're hearing about it, what that is, that's gossip. Shut it down right when you hear it, right? Don't let it go on. Shut it down. Choose honor. Stop those that attack the church. Stop those that attack those that are in the church. Stop those that, that attack, attack even the leadership within the church. And I would say this goes all around. I'm not talking about life change church. I'm talking about church, big C, all the churches around. You never hear me bash another church up here because we choose honor here. And we're all in it together. We're building a kingdom, not an empire. We're building the kingdom of God. And the more people we can reach, the better. Like we're going to go to heaven and we want to take as many people with us. And to do so, we have to choose honor. Stop those that attack the church. That's what loyalty is. That's what loving is. And next is to pray for your leaders and pray for each other. Pray for your leaders and pray for each other. Love includes prayer. Loyalty includes prayer. Instead of letting a negative attitude sweep in, in you, instead of letting a negative talk sweep in, choose to pray for them. Listen, as your pastor, I, I, I think it's an incredible honor for me to be able to pray with you guys. Listen, at the end of service, this is why I love the connection cards. This is why we say, hey, fill this out, because I want to partner with you in prayer. 
And if you put your phone number on there, what I usually do is I'll send you a message letting you know I'm praying with you as well. I love it, right? I love it. It's an incredible honor for me to pray with you. And there's some people too that will respond back, hey, praying for you too, Pastor. Listen, I'm blown away by that. It's an incredible honor for people to pray for me too, and I love it. And what it is, it's loyalty. What it is is love. I feel love when people pray for us. So I challenge you to pray for others. And if you don't know how to pray or you don't know when to pray, you've never really prayed before, I challenge you to, to come to a prayer night. We have prayer nights the second and fourth Sundays of, of every month where we throw some music on the screen and we walk you through some slides of, of, some, of, of topics to pray for. So I challenge you, next Sunday night from 6 to 7, pray. Come to prayer. Child care is provided. If you just need an hour away from your kids, come and pray, right? And finally, loving through loyalty, you guard your heart and your attitude, which means you focus on the good rather than the bad. To love by, loyal, by being loyal, we have to guard our hearts and our attitude. Love by being loyal, the number two is love by being united. Love requires unity. Again, if you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the body and all the parts of the body. It talks about how each part is different. But it's different on purpose, right? Each one of us are different, but we're different on purpose. Because when we work together, we can accomplish so much more. And we're called to be united. We need to love by being united. And to do this doesn't mean that we ignore problems, but instead what we do is we attack the problem and not the person. To love by being united means that we attack the problem and not the person. We work together. There's some things that you may not fully agree with. There's some things that you may get frustrated with. There's some, there's some things that, that you may not like. There's some tension that may arise. But I challenge you, let's work together to deal with it. Let's attack the problem and not the person. Really, character is displayed in crisis. So when we go through a crisis, what would be displayed about us? It's easy to be kind. It's easy to be gracious. It's easy to show mercy when things are going our way. But when things aren't going our way, how do we respond? It's going to show more about us than anything else. And it's an opportunity for us to show love with unity to display love with unity. I challenge us to do that. I challenge us to display love with unity and quit expecting the church to be perfect. Quit expecting the church to to meet your needs and start meeting the needs of others. Start meeting the needs of the church and do that with loyalty and do that with unity. As I talk today, this may seem kind of a a little bit of a, a negative message, but the truth is, I was putting this message together, this is more of a, a cautionary message than it is a reactionary message. Because as a church, I think we've gone through different seasons. When we launched, we started, and it was awesome. There's some, some things just when, man, just like a new baby born, being born, you're celebrating, it was awesome. And we started as a church, it was great, right? And then two years later, we ended up moving into this building. And for some of you guys that were with us when we moved to this building, like you looked at this, it was orange-colored carpet, peach-colored pews, and you're like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to work? And God made it away. God made a way for it to happen. And it's incredible. We went to two services. There's a, there's a kind of a, a big boom in, in us being able to reach people. And really what I feel like as we go into this next season, we go into fall, I feel like we're on that boom, big boom as well. We're getting ready to, to launch a new kids curriculum. And again, I challenge you. I challenge you, if you're a parent, pick this up. There's one for each age group. And there's actually an app. I challenge you to download the app. And it's going to make a difference in the kids' generations and generations because we're plugging into them, right? That's a big thing. But Satan wants nothing more to stop that. Right? 
Another thing we're doing is we're, we're revamping that building over there. It's, like, it's a garage, but we're actually turning it into a student life building. So it's going to be amazing as well. And there's some things that are going to be happening. We're doing student life a whole different way when most churches don't do it this way. And again, people could be like, man, that's crazy. You shouldn't do that. But no, we're going to go for it, right? And we believe God's going to work in it. But we have to be ready. Because although all you guys are amazing, and I would say as I'm preparing this message, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know if this hits anybody, right? I don't know if anybody even expects us to be perfect. Like, they've dealt with me for four years. Clearly, they don't, right? But as I look at it, I'm thinking like, man, Satan wants nothing more to mess up our mindset, to change our mindset, to become divisive. But what I want to say is this is cautionary. As we go into this next season, let's guard that. Let's not expect the church to be perfect, but instead, let's love through it. Let's love through loyalty. Let's love through unity. Let's give grace and let's give mercy in every situation. So today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to throw off everything that hinders. I want to challenge you to throw off the sin that so easily entangles and quit expecting the church to be perfect. Because the church isn't perfect. The people in the, in the church aren't perfect. The only perfect one is Jesus Christ. And God gave him for all of us. God gave his son to be perfect for each and every one of us. If you would, pull out your connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, and maybe as you're hearing this, maybe you came to church expecting, like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. God, I'm going to go to church, and I'm, it's my last straw. I'm gonna, it's going to be perfect, and there better be a perfect person there. But maybe instead what you encounter is the fact that God loves you so much that he gave his son as the only perfect person for you. Listen, if you're here today and you've never made a commitment to follow Christ, I'm going to give you that opportunity. On that card, it says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. If that's you, if you're here today and you want to make a commitment to follow Christ, I want you to checkmark that box. And then I want you to believe that, that God truly loves you so much, right? That's the gospel. That's the simplicity of the gospel, that he loves you so much that he gave his perfect son for you. Then I want you to receive that. I want you to receive his forgiveness of all your imperfections, I want you to receive his son as your Lord and Savior so that you can be made right in his eyes and have a relationship with him. That's you, checkmark that box. Maybe here today, maybe God's challenging you to do something. Maybe you came in, maybe, maybe you did have the mindset that church should be perfect. And maybe, maybe you've grown a little bit resentful. Maybe you've grown a little bit bitter with some things that are going on and thinking like, man, I'm not really connected here enough. I'm not there. But maybe God's just saying, you know what? Quit expecting church to be perfect. Start becoming the church. Maybe God's asking you to do that. If that's so, write that down. Maybe God's asking you to, to step it up in, in some loyalty. Maybe God's asking you to serve. Maybe God's asking you to give. Maybe God's asking you for whatever. Write that down. Maybe God's asking you to step it up in some unity as well. Whatever it is, write that down and begin to live it out. And there's also a place for prayer requests as well. We'd love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, take this moment to fill that response card out and also fill out any tithes or offerings. And I'll be up in just a moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.